Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is the 21st. It is 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here on a Sunday. Hope everybody's had a uh, good weekend. And uh, it's been a snowy weekend here in southern Ontario. Um, but the temperatures out there are getting better than that they were in the past week. Where it was just bitter cold. So that's winter for you. The great Canadian winter. So glad to be out here again. Uh, last Sunday uh, morning I did a show and here we are again uh, which it will be Sunday mornings um, until further notice but that's where I'm going to stick with. And the other day um, I added uh, a new microphone and it arrived the other day so it's the first time using it today it is the sure microphone and yeah i hope it uh hope the sound is is really good so anyways on with the show and um, health and wellness The effects of homelessness and nutrition and the elements and their overall health compared to what to the to to the rest of the general population who are not experiencing homelessness. But you don't have to be experiencing homelessness to have uh, health problems and nutritional problems. Affordability comes into play. People struggling every single day across this great country of ours here in Canada low-income families and how that plays on their mental health and nutrition. Now, over the past uh, couple uh, decades, um, research has been de uh, dedicated to exploring the rela relationship between um, health and the homelessness and this this relationship is a two-way street experiencing poverty and or homelessness can contribute to health issues while health issues can contribute to poverty and homelessness and people experiencing homelessness are susceptible to the same issues as people who are not 
but their living conditions tend to make treating and coping with issues much more difficult. Studies, 90% of homeless adults entering permanent supportive housing reported two or more chronic conditions. It was either physical or mental. It isn't just, it is just people on the streets who are affected. And this Canadian psych, uh, pediatric uh, society study found that being vulnerably housed also contributes to poor health. They go on to say that there's, there's no concrete numbers on, on the health of Canada's homeless population. But what they do know is some conditions are more common amongst them than others. This is Dr. Stephen W. Homeless. He wrote an article on, on uh, an article on homelessness and health, and gives a detailed overview overview of these. Um, but this post summarizes the ten most prominent ones: mortality and unintentional injuries, bruises, cuts, burns, etc. So the injury injury rates amongst people experiencing homeless are greater than are greater than in the pop, in the general population. For an example, the prevalence of traumatic brain injuries alone among homeless individuals is between 2.5 to four times higher than the general population. And the presence of a brain injury can lead to further injuries. Commonly reported injuries among people experiencing homeless included assault-related injuries and injuries related to situations where they're exposed to, i.e. cooking with fire and leading to burns. And these harsh conditions of being homeless often lead to serious injury or death. Now with the tent encampments that are up and around the city, people trying to stay warm. Um, we've had instances where, you know, they've had fires in these tent encampments for people trying to stay warm. It is very dangerous. It is not a safe place for anybody. And why do we have so many people homeless in Canada? And a lot of factors play in that. You know, with with mental illness, low income. not be able to uh, get housing because of the lack of housing. So it comes down to the affordability. You know, people who are on a, on a disability, um, single person, um, I think it's somewhere around $900 a month. 
um, people who are on um, social assistance, like welfare. I think it's somewhere around 750 a month. And the lack of housing in the city, provided by the city, where there are, are wait times of up to 10 years and the lack of building affordable housing over decades. Now, living in these uh, harsh conditions of being homeless often lead to serious injury or death. They're experiencing disorders that affect the joints, ligaments, and tendons, uh, like arthritis, are common among people experiencing homeless. There's a steady link to chronic pain in homeless individuals who were mentally ill. Chronic pain is a symptom of an underlying condition. And then they, you know, although in many cases related to homelessness, it is not always possible to treat it can be negatively affect these individuals' general activity, like walking, sleeping. And while the, the prevalence of chronic pain is significantly higher than the rest of the population, the directionality is unclear, and this means that it's unclear whether chronic pain causes homelessness as an effect of it or even both. Hunger and nutrition. I mean, you don't know when you're going to get your next meal. In a developed country like Canada, it could be tough to recognize hunger as an issue. Yet, according to proof research, in eight households in Canada experienced food insecurity over the course of a given year. And adjusting eating habits to correct nutrition can aid in the treatment and recovery from a number of chronic conditions over time. One in eight households in Canada experience food insecurity over the course of a given year. And that's probably going to grow because of the cost of, uh, of food that we're seeing today. Other issues people experience homelessness is skin and foot problems. People experiencing homeless are often out in a boat for long periods of time, sometimes in ill-fitting -fit shoes, worn-out socks, foot-related problems, infections, pains, practical limitations, etc., are more common among the homeless because of this. One study finds that up to two-thirds of, of the sample population of homeless individuals reported an issue with their feet. Nail pathologies, infections, injuries, bunions, hammer toes, gout, planter, warts, foot ulcers, and frostbite. 
Another study found that prevalence of skin conditions ranges from 16.6% to 53.5%. Conditions found in the homeless population include acne, psoriasis, and other chronic issues. Infectious disease. So, I mean, during the um, COVID-19 outbreak, individuals who experience homeless tend to be at a greater risk during the pandemic outbreaks due to the compromised immune systems, poor nutrition and hygiene, and frequent overcrowding of shelters. And for this reason, the health measures implemented to minimize the effects of the pandemic outbreaks in homeless populations need to be go on the mainstream solutions. Trying to get everybody vaccinated. There was a small study conducted across homeless shelters in Hamilton, Ontario, and they found that 1% of the residents did, to test positive for COVID-19 and 5% of their staff. This is a high infection rate, especially for individuals without access to healthcare or the basic human needs. And furthermore, some activities that some homeless people engage in, such as survival sex or, or uh, intravenous drug use, also increase the risk of spread of disease. And this combined with barriers many homeless people face in getting treatment make avoiding infections disease difficult. Dental problems, I mean, it's part of our, um, it's part of our overall health. And they go, they go periods of prolonged homelessness are often detrimental to people's oral health and the inability to access access preventative and restorative care combined with poor hygiene often results in tooth, tooth, uh, tooth decay and other oral issues. And the proactive dental care to prevent decay and catch dental problems early on, but 23% of people experienced homelessness had visited dentists in the past year. 75% of these individuals also believe they have an untreated dental condition. Simple as just starting cavities. Respiratory illness, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, bronchitis, and other forms of respiratory disease are also common among people who experience homelessness. Chronic diseases and disorders. Many chronic diseases and disorders like hypertension and diabetes are common in homeless population. And the homeless adults are two to four times more likely to have hypertension than, than, than other cardiovascular diseases than the general population. Diabetes among the homeless adults is around 4.1% and only slightly higher than the prevalence of 32 in the general population. 
sexual and the reproductive care in this area of health with a growing research base, especially among young people who are most at risk. Youth who are homeless tend to have more sexual partners and at younger ages, making them more risk of sexually transmitted diseases. 6% to 22% of young women who are experienced homeless may be pregnant. Being homeless makes reproductive conditions like pregnancy even more stressful due to the already having compromised health and lacking support symptoms systems. I don't know if anybody's ever volunteered in a homeless shelter. I have, it was back in 2015, and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining the Truckers Podcast. Uh, just talking a little bit the effects of the homeless, of the homeless in nutrition, and of course, other issues that they face, like the mental health issues, uh, chronic diseases and disorders, dental problems, infection, infectious diseases, skin and foot problems, hunger and nutrition. The list goes on uh, for what people experience in homeless and in, in, in being homeless. Um, when it comes to the mental health issues, you know, mental health issues are quite common in the homeless population. And studies revealed a prevalence of 20.8% for mental illnesses of any kind among people experience homelessness. And this is only 1-3% to higher than the prevalence in the general population. That's, you know, with, with the mental health issues. You know, then we look at, you know, um, so the lack of nutrition, they don't have, they have very little to no money. Across Canada, and I'm, you know, it's not just Canada, other places around the world, and, you know, United States, over in Europe, people experience homelessness, um, the lack of affordability, the lack of housing. But you can also look at people who are living in poverty, people in low income families, struggling just to, to pay their rent, struggling just to put food on the table. Here across Ontario, um, I mean, if you are struggling to pay your bills, like your heat and hydro, um, they can't turn your heat and hydro off. Government 
put a stop to that. The Ontario government put a stop to that. But there are places that can help. And of course, the the uh, utilities, um, they will help um, get things back on track so that coming the warmer weather, you know, you're not going to have anything turned off. You know, then when people think about when people think about the homeless, they just think about people who are just, you know, mental health issues, they're down and out, they have other things going on. There are people who work and are homeless. People living in their cars. You have the hidden homeless. People who are, 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 are couch surfing from, from sofa to sofa. Low paying jobs. People finding themselves out on the street because, you know, their landlord comes along and say they want to uh, do a renovation and, and it's called a rental eviction. The tenant has the first right of refusal. They can move back in after after the, the renovations are done at the same rent that they're paying. But the whole purpose of these rental evictions, what these landlords are doing, is to get you out so they can charge more rent. Hamilton, Ontario, I believe they are looking at making rental evictions illegal. We've talked about it here in the city of London where I reside. And it's so prevalent out there, these rental evictions, that it's ridiculous. few kilometers from where I live, there's a battle going on about runaway fictions and two high rises. People there living on fixed incomes. Are in a battle with the owners of those buildings for the runaway evictions. The cost of, you know, the cost of housing, um, interest rates on the rise. See new builds They can charge whatever they want for rent. Older properties, they, they have to go by the guidelines of, I think it is about 2.5% uh, 
a year increase on rent. So this is where these rent evictions come into play. Because they know that if they only can get 2.5% each year on the, on the rent in order to get more. So someone's paying $800 a month for a one bedroom or, you know, maybe around $1,100 for a three bedroom townhouse. And, what, and, and these landlords come along and say, you know, oh, we're going to do some renovations. You got to move out while we do this. And you don't have to move out because, you know, the landlord has to apply to the landlord's tenants board in order to, to do reno, to, to do renovations. If he's doing a rental, rental eviction. Or they may come along and say, oh, I'm going to have a relative move in. And the relative isn't actually moving in. It's just to get you out so they could double the rent. When you have an income, whether you're on disability or you're on a low wage income, you know, because rent, you know, because rent, is, is should not be more than 30% of your income. And when it starts creeping up to 40% and 50%, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to afford the next place to live. Never mind trying to put food on the table. And these landlords have no qualms of doing this. Anyone can become homeless. It could just be an, uh, an illness come along that you know you can no longer work an injury that comes along that disables you company goes out of business closes down layoffs the affordability becomes harder. Far too many people are struggling to, to pay their rent and, and put food on their table. And people just think, you know, okay, people who are homeless, well, they just have, they have mental health issues. That's not true. That's not all of it. True, yes, they do. Some do, but not all of them. So their health 
and wellness. It's going to deteriorate much faster than yours and mine. Chronic diseases and disorders, you know, like hypertension I mentioned and diabetes are common in the homeless population. They're going unchecked, cardiovascular disease, you know. So the homeless adults are two to four times more likely to have hypertension than other cardiovascular other cardiovascular diseases than the general population. Diabetes among homeless adults is around 4.1% and only slightly higher than the prevalence of 3.2% in the general population. Just the, just the uh, survival, I mean, as winter was approaching and the city scrambling to find solutions to, to the more than 600 homeless people here in the city of London, Ontario. Trying to make efforts of, 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 of accommodations in, in putting more supports in place. They estimated that there'd be anywhere from three to 400 people still left out in the cold this winter. Sleeping in, in makeshift tents, tent encampments, Well, they'll have supports coming around. They, they, there's a, 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 I think there's something like that I've heard. I think there's something like three tent encampments up in various sections of the city. They have around, they have uh, around the clock um, checkups. They're getting. They're getting food, they're getting water. Uh, they have their uh, washroom facilities. So they're, um, standalone toilets that get dropped off at these sites. But anywhere still from three to 400 people. go the entire winter without shelter. How that's going to be with their mental health and their nutrition. It's not good at all.
I don't know, you know, back in, back in, um, 2016, I volunteered in a homeless shelter, uh, not very far from where I reside. Good people, you know, good people that work there. And so people, you know, would, would, would think that, oh, they want to be homeless. It's not like they, it's not like they woke up one day and looked at the place they lived in and threw a bag over the shoulders and walked out the door. You know, the whole misconceptions about homeless people. You don't have to have a, a mental illness to be homeless. It's the homeless people, you know, physically what you see on the streets. But you don't see the hidden homeless. You don't see people generally sleeping in their cars. Unless you really know where to go look. Walk around, walk around your neighborhood. Go to your local coffee shop. Downtown. If they make their way out to the shopping malls, they'll make their way out to the shopping malls. They're looking for places to stay warm. They're not out there bothering anybody generally. The lack of affordable housing, the lack of housing for decades. We haven't here, here in the city that I reside in, we haven't built social housing in 20 years. And they wonder why there's a 10 year wait, wait time for people to get into social housing. And even longer, if you have a mobile uh, disability, that could be up to 12 years. Back after the war time, we had housing shortage. Government went to build, went, went to work and built houses. The lack of the government input, whether it's federal, provincial, municipal, all plays a factor. Wages. Yeah, wages have come a long ways when it comes to minimum wage. 
but every province and territory has a different minimum wage. It's not the same thing all across the board here in Ontario. It's, I think it's $16.65 an hour is minimum wage. Still not enough to live on. That's just the minimum wage that the employer has to pay you to start a job. $17 an hour enough to live on? $18? I think last year they said $19 was a livable wage here in London, Ontario. I scoffed at that and I thought that's just absolutely ridiculous. Now that the rents are, are much higher, an average one bedroom goes anywhere from sixteen dollars to $1,800 a month and $19 an hour wage. That's not going to cut it. So where do we level off on affordable, on affordability? Where do we level off on, on a livable wage? Should we drop minimum wage and have a standard wage across the board starting at $25 an hour? With wage increases to go along with inflation. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I don't know what the answer is to, to, to um, homelessness. And neither does the government. It's a crisis. And it's really too bad that they allowed it to get out of control the way it has. Right in right, right across the country. Here in Canada. Every single province and territory is experiencing a homeless crisis. Even the opiate crisis. Vancouver, British Columbia, in the Lower East End is the epic center of the opioid crisis. And of course, chronic homelessness. They're working on this and unfortunately when you don't have the resources to solve homelessness and housing being ignored for as long as it has been, 
will we solve this problem? I don't know. I really don't know. With the rents on the increase, people face a rent, facing rental evictions, or any sort of eviction because they're struggling, would just lead to more homelessness. And it's not just, you know, when it comes to nutrition and, you know, there's obviously they're not going to have that proper diet. They're going to get food where they can get food. The organizations are going to go out there and, and, and give them or give them, give them some water, give them some food, but that's going to be potentially even just once a day. And that's it. So I go in the mornings, I go get a coffee. And, um, there's always, always, every day, it doesn't matter, somebody, even a couple of individuals, are hanging around the coffee shops, just asking for spare change so they can get a coffee or something to eat. I don't give them money. I'll go, I'll go in and I'll get them a coffee. If they want a breakfast sandwich, I'll get them a breakfast sandwich. You don't have to just to go to one area. You know, where people think, oh, homeless people are just in one geographic area of the city. That's not the case. They'll just be, they'll think they'll just be down where, where the, where the shelters are, you know, and, uh, the services. They're spread out across the city. People look at, at that and, and just think people who are, are, are homeless, you know, they have mental issues and they're dangerous. And, you know, all this misconception about people who are homeless. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I 
And like I said earlier, anybody can become homeless. Could be an illness, an injury. And that you can no longer work and that you have to go on a disability. Or just maybe that landlord wants you out to, to double the rent. Working on solutions is time consuming. Acting upon the homeless crisis. Is it ever too late? I don't think it's ever too late, but it certainly sets things back. Even longer periods of time. Well, they start to set up their resources and come up with ideas on how to solve homelessness. Well, I guess we just have to wait and see what the city that I live in are, are, are doing. And um, we can take a look at that um, on the next show um, next Sunday at 8 a.m. And I'm glad to be back here. I'm glad to, to have you on my show because um, I, you know, this is actually only the second show of the new year and a lack of shows in from 2023, you know, um, just dealing with, you know, uh, things that were going on in, in, in my life. Um, you know, losing, uh, our father passing away, um, last April, 2023, um, really struggled. I really, really struggled with it and still am, but as time goes on, I don't know, I'm just moving forward the best that I can. And, I set this show up back in 2019, you know, so matter of fact, January, 2019, and now it's January, 2024. And, um, coming back out doing this show, um, because I used to do it Saturdays and Sundays before anything happened and that, but coming back out, starting restarting up the show again, doing it once a week, Sunday mornings. 
I find it much easier that way. I find it, you know, easier to, to do some research on a topic. You know, so, and that's, that's how, you know, I'm going to do it once a week, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I changed up my equipment a little bit. Um, picked up this new uh, microphone, a Shure microphone. And there was really nothing wrong with my other microphone. This was, this was a, a want, um, not a need. But I've heard so much, I've heard so much about them. And I hope the sound is coming through really well. Um, I did do a little test before I started the show and um, thought it sounded great. Um, let me know. Okay, you can always uh, leave a comment afterwards. And that, so yeah. Um, I gotta get on with my, on my, uh, I gotta get on with my day, and I'm sure you have to get on with yours. Uh, it's Sunday, and um, yeah, some running around to do, of course, and then back to back to another week coming up. And of course, the temperatures are going to be much better than they were what they were in the past week. You know, from temperatures from 20, 20 below to 30 below. And it's funny how it's going to take a, a, a swing to be above zero for a few days next week. That's the Canadian winter for you. And that was just here in southern Ontario. Western provinces were experiencing a cold of 50 below. Minus 50 below zero. Some parts of the western provinces. So that's cold. But just think, I don't know, next, well, I think... Another week, another week, two more weeks, it looks like. You know, we'll be in the middle of winter. So, you know, we got approximately eight weeks of winter to go. Eight more weeks. We'll get through it. So until next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, take care, be safe. If you can join me next Saturday at 8 a.m., that's great. If you can't, I understand. Thank you for joining me today. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you.